All right, let's do it. Three, two, one. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. It's very hard to say my name correctly. I'm like, Brian! Yeah, Brian! What's your deal, man? Well, you know what us ultra-liberals say. When it comes to drugs, lies are okay. Your midweek download destination. Finally, it's cool to be a Chattanooga. Finally, it's cool to embrace this city. When some of us have been saying this for 25 years... Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't die. Welcome into the show, everybody. It is the Weekly Dose for August 9th, 2017. My name is Brian Stone, and this is the Stone On Air Podcast. Get you the menu of what's going on in today's show coming up in just a couple of minutes. Less than minutes. Mere seconds, I say. At Stone On Air on all social media. Luckily, nobody did die this past week. Well, that's not true. A couple people died. Uh, Glenn Campbell died. Just uh, August 7th or 8th. But he was an old dude, old country singer. So I mean, we all die. Looks like he lived a pretty fulfilling life, so that doesn't bum me out all that much. Darren Dalton from the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, at least that's where you would know him from. I don't know how old he was these days. He had a cancer battle that was lost, as seems to be so frequent. But Darren Dalton from those scrappy Phillies teams in the 1990s, their catcher, if I remember right, he died recently as well. But nobody, meaning from the entertainment world, the rock and roll world, of a any kind of suicide or drug-related or mental illness-related um, kind of situation. And so, you know, good. Good. Tired of talking about that, as a matter of fact. Uh, let's see. Coming up here for the next uh, handful of segment here. Let's first of all, let's let's start off with this. the uh, The new website. I haven't talked about it a lot because I wasn't sure when it was going to happen. But I'm totally redesigning websites. I'm moving it away from my old guy, which is a a good good friend of mine. But uh, I've got a new partnership with some people that I've met through the collab and um, give me a lot of uh, almost mentoring advice and consulting on how to best utilize the website into a monetized model, which is a year and a, a month into this podcasting gig is still something I have yet to figure out. So um, I'm moving in that direction, and there is going to be a video component to it. And I haven't exactly established, excuse me, established what that'll be exactly but I think it's going to be pretty darn cool. But we're still working on that. So it'll still be a couple months from now, probably. No reason to rush this. Trying to get it right. Trying to make sure do something that really screams. Something that jumps off the page is really cool. What I do have, and I'm putting it out on social media here every probably once a week for the next little while, is a, uh, is a newsletter, if you will. A, uh, in, you know, a mail blast that goes out into email. And my smart-ass buddy, uh, Intern Alex, over at Hits96 on Twitter, after I put it out there on Twitter today, uh, sent me just, just this just asshole smart-ass response about, oh, hey, so you got you going to let me know on AOL Instant Messenger too? You know, we rib each other. We all, the, uh, me and Brad and Alex and all the guys uh, over there and girls and whoever and the little clique, we do that all the time, but I was, sent a message back like, yeah, because nobody uses email anymore, right? 
I actually am one of the weird guys that has never, ever used email as a primary way to communicate. I've had email addresses ever since AOL, speaking of which. But it is not a way that I communicate, basically, unless it's work or some kind of mass get-together of a bunch of old friends a couple of times for like a trip out to Colorado a couple years ago. But outside of that, I do not use email for much. But I'm in the minority, I believe. I think a majority of people check their email every day. And this if you sign up for this newsletter once a week, it'll give you an update on what the show is. And then once a month, maybe, uh, an update on when the live shows are going to be, the live remote shows. So if you'd sign up for that, please, I'd appreciate it. If you don't want more garbage, that you, if you consider that what that would be in your inbox, then I understand it, and you don't have to sign up for it either. So if that, just giving you a heads up that it's there. Here is a quick example of how I am actually a really quality human being and a quality friend. <laughs> okay? Uh, I mentioned this in the show notes. I have officially proved that I am actually a good friend. My friend Eric White got married to who is now Melissa White on Saturday. And uh, I we have a lot of mutual friends, but most of them are from a lifetime ago back in high school. And then the other ones I have are through the hooligans. Uh, him and uh, Ernie Dempsey, uh, the uh, local author, we do a lot of soccer games. Not as many this year, but we're, we're kind of a, a little mini click. I had RSVP'd and everything to this wedding because I love Melissa and Eric a lot. And I've known Eric since I was like eight years old. And so a bunch of my friends, longtime friends, all got together and decided through, you know, just quickly on text message. And I was one of the first people who was contacted about this idea going to SunTrust Park to the Battery Atlanta and spend all day Saturday for Marlins Braves alumni weekend. Ended up the weather was fantastic. Obviously didn't know that in advance. But this is something we've got to do. There's a couple of birthdays. This is a big deal. People are flying in from a few different points of the country. This is going to be a party, man. And I got a hold of Ernie, my mutual friend with Eric. And I said, hey, man, because he's got a place in Atlanta. I was like, I need, I need to hit you up on a place to crash, dude. I'm going to be there. We're going to have a huge party. I hope you're there. I hope you're in town. And he goes, that's, um, that's Eric White's wedding, dude. And I was like, no, 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 this looks like the best trip ever. I can't, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I don't, I've only been to a handful of weddings in my life. And he texted me and said, dude, you got to go to this. You know, you do. Don't skip your, one of your better friends weddings for some random baseball game in August. Said you can do what you're gonna do, man. I'm just letting. I'm just giving you my opinion. And I sat on it for about two days, and I texted him back, and I said, "I'll see you at the wedding," because these are all people, the people I've mentioned, who you likely don't know who they are. Who that if I decided to have a party, if I decided to have a wedding, which chances are that never happens, if I decided to have any kind of gathering where I wanted people that I valued in my life to be at, I'd want all these people involved to be there. And if they weren't there, I would have thought for about two seconds, huh, I wonder why. Oh, well, whatever, move along. And I think they do the same thing, huh? I wonder why he didn't get here. Oh, well, and then move along. It's no big deal either way, but I totally got it. So anyway, that proves that I am a very good friend. Coming up in Stone's Throw, non-alcoholic drinks and what and why the ones that I want that I think are the most incredible daily must-haves that, that are my equivalent to your caffeine 
why the hell I can't get these more regularly and more easily, and what my favorite is because of my Zodiac sign. What? In Stone's Throw. I shared a Times Free Press story from Sunday's paper about a bicyclist that was injured on Dayton Boulevard a few months ago. I don't know him, but I know his fiance. And then that turned into like a, a long thread of people arguing about really the motorist and cyclist war. I'll get to that here in the third segment. And I'll tell you what the real disconnect in that argument actually is. Before I get to Stone's Throw, what really is the problem on the roads? It starts with drivers to begin with, but it doesn't end there. And piggybacking off of last week with Donald Trump and his bizarre way of handling the presidency and how last week's show I talked about how it's really no big deal, I'm going to kind of expand on that just a little bit because I truly believe that it really isn't a big deal and that the left-wing uh, media is starting to annoy me. And I'm about as left-wing as it gets. So that here in just a minute as well. First, though, I do want to let you know that if you are going to be at the Southern Brewers Festival, I have not been able to confirm it yet, but the people who run it are friends of mine. I don't know why they tell me no. The plan is to be at the festival on, I believe it's August 26th. I'm almost positive about that. Um, it's the one of the final Saturdays of August. Just Google it. Find out when it is. Um, but it's coming up. And I can't wait to be down there, and, I, and I've got already got a couple tentative guests lined up looking to try to get Hank and Cupcakes, one of the acts that are playing on, uh, Tanner Morrison from the Brew Chat Podcast, which is a podcast here locally all about uh, brews and uh, pop culture um, here locally and regionally, and it should be a lot of fun. And if just so you know, do a little bit more research. If you've been going to Brewfest for years, it won't look the same as it used to. They're, they are doing things a lot differently from uh, the amount of tickets that are sold, ticket prices might be different. I don't know. I've never actually had to pay to get in, so I don't ever know what it costs. But check that all out. I do think there's changes in that. There's changes in the VIP. There's changes in uh, lots of things. So just be aware of that, and don't be surprised and be a dick when you find out too late that things change and then act like why you know somebody's screwing you over when really it was just you not paying attention, especially when people were telling you to pay attention. So late in August here at the Brewfest, I look forward to seeing you down there. What the real problems are on the roads when it comes to motorists. But first, I talked about last week how all the crazy things that Donald Trump are doing are really actually no big deal. And anybody freaking out about it, making a big deal about it, is doing just that, overreacting. It's because we tend to live in the moment and prisoner of the moment, to be sure, and often have trouble realizing that time flies, time evaporates. It's like a just a warp speed through uh, the through our lives, and especially as your perspective changes and you get older, that whether you have kids or not, especially if you have kids and families, it makes it, I can't even imagine how much faster the, the, the calendar just tear that sheet off one, one after another, tear it off next month, now it's August, now it's September, it just flies. It's going to be 2019 and campaign season before you know it. But the more I look at left-wing TV and reporting, which is the majority of it, I, I I'm totally understand and, and admit it out loud, it's starting to annoy the hell out of me. And this Russia thing, they won't stop. The Russia conversation just will not stop. I watch Brian Williams not every night, but most nights on MSNBC because I think Brian Williams is one of the better broadcasters of a generation. I get he's done some stupid things and said some things that were almost unforgivable when it comes from a news journalist uh, reputation and things he said that were fabricated. But from just conducting interviews and having conversation on camera, I think he's one of the best. 
And they still, they won't, I stopped watching it recently because still all they'll damn talk about. What the Democrats and left-leaning broadcast outlets, news outlets need to do, the talking pundits, is talk about who can we get in this party that can run and successfully defeat this administration next go-round. That needs to start now. That doesn't need to wait until later. That needs to start right now. There's still pipe dreams that people think that Trump's going to get impeached. It's not going to happen. And this whole ridiculousness with this nonstop Russia stuff. Listen, if you think Russia's meddling in our business online and elsewhere, of course they are. Of course they are. They've been trying to poke around in our in our intelligence and in our technological advances and, and taking advantage of all the things we've created, the high-speed internet, the ways to meddle in things. They've, they've got smart scientists and engineers over there, too. Of course they are. Of course they are. But do you think Donald Trump is smart enough going into the end of last year, even him thinking there's no chance he's going to actually win this election, that he actually sat down and somehow colluded with the Russians to win the United States presidency? You, you truly think that happened? How does anybody think that this is true? This incompetent administration that has firings and firings within weeks and a half of each other that have constant embarrassment in the way things are handled from this this demagogue, maniacal, borderline, mentally ill man running president, you think that these people have the competency to collude with the Russians to win the presidency of the United States. I think you're nuts if you think that's true. Now, do the Russians meddle in our good life all the time and try to cyber screw with us every day? Of course they do. But Trump spent all last year talking about how the fix was in on him. He, he didn't have the wherewithal or the capacity or the outreach or the understanding of how you collude with the Russians to win the presidency. You're giving this man too much credit. You're giving this man way too much credit. So left-leaning organizations, you want to do some left-leaning investigative reporting? Figure out who the hell can captivate an audience and get somebody and let, let, let's get some people on the screen. Let's start talking to some people. Let's start getting people from the parties. Let's start trying to figure out somebody who can captivate a national audience and figure out a way to win in 2020. Figure out who can beat Donald Trump and we'll go from there. But just shut up already about Russia. Good Lord. All right. So in the final segment in about uh, 15 minutes from now, I'm going to talk about the what kind of turned into the cyclist motorist wars but really first of all the biggest problem here is just the rules of the road period are just something that most people don't know about i mean we let 16 year olds drive in this country i've talked about this on the old radio show back in the day 16 year old children cannot fold their laundry properly and we let these numbskulls drive around in cars these are death machines human death traps and we let these kids drive around. We let 15-year-olds do it with somebody in the car like that's somehow going to make it safe. I mean, I know it's better when you have someone in the car, but now we have 15-year-old ch a child driving a car just because there's an adult in the car. It's, it's absolutely absurd. And do you remember? I mean, I'm 37 years old. Do you remember, if you're anywhere near my age, the driver's license test? The actual test itself. You drove up the road on Bonnie Oaks. You drove back down the road on Bonnie Oaks. You turned around. You came back. You parked the damn thing. Can you see? Yeah. Okay. You pass that. Can you written test it? Anybody who's got a brain that can just memorize can pass that. And then you drive up the road, back down the road, and back inside and park. 
No parallel parking, no real defensive driving skills, no merging into traffic on an interstate, no kind of real-world driving scenarios are recreated or simulated, and then we put these stupid asshole kids on the road. We clearly don't care about safety on the road all that much at all. And when past that, even if we'll take it away from kids and we'll talk about people who are, are grown-ass adults, American highways and byways have turned into their own little cash crops. They've turned into their own little capitalistic entity from the traffic lights and all the signs and all the different kinds of lights from the flashing red to flashing yellow to, to red, yellow, green. Sign, stop, yield, go. We have not learned how to critically think and drive cars on, on a road. We have learned how to follow specific signs, specific rules. Not how to be safe, how to follow potentially inane traffic rules and signs and guidelines. Hasn't taught us how to be good drivers. It's, how to, it's taught us how to read a sign. That's why when people pull up on a, on a roundabout, they don't know what they're doing. Oh, Americans are stupid. No, Americans are ignorant. They pull up on a roundabout, they don't know what to do with it because they've been taught that they're supposed to look for a sign. Well, there is no sign at a roundabout except for maybe there's like a, there's a, a symbol, which is even harder to read or understand because it doesn't say stop or it doesn't say yield or it doesn't say go. And that's the problem. We don't have anybody on the roads who knows how to drive hardly at all. And it's completely not taken seriously by anybody or we wouldn't let 15 and 16-year-olds do it. We got four-way stops. We got two-way stops. You come up to a lot of these two-way stops. You know why they're so dangerous? Well, they have a sign that says cross traffic doesn't stop. The only reason there has to be a cross traffic doesn't stop sign is because we haven't taught somebody to pull up to a stop sign and then look around and realize their surroundings and understand the highway street situation that they're in and realize that, oh, they don't stop. I better slow down. We've just come up to realize we need a sign to tell us what to do. And often these are poorly planned roads and put together because, I don't know, the mayor seems to have a traffic light salesman in, in his, under his thumb. I don't know why some of these rules and regulations and overregulated signs and traffic lights are all over the place, except for somebody's got to make these and somebody's got to sell them. But we're we, we've taught people, and this is generational, we've taught generations of people how to learn to read signs and follow rules not how to drive effectively and safely. I'll expand more on that in the third segment. First, I can buy every piece of shit soft drink and disgusting calorie-filled, sugar-loaded, sodium-overload drink on the planet almost anywhere, but one of the most addictive and healthy options I can't hardly find anywhere. Heads up! Stone's throw. What? What? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. Beep, beep. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? About... 11 years ago, I think it was the summer of 2006, I was starting to realize that I needed to change my diet a little bit. Not drastically, just a little bit. And really what it came down to was money. I wasn't smart enough that I needed to be healthier. I was still a punk kid who had, you know, 
30 pounds less than I am right now. So I still had metabolism working really good, but I was tired of buying energy drinks, man. And those things were new back then, and they were a big, big splash. And I was drinking Mountain Dew every day. I remember Mountain Dew and uh, two or three different kinds of energy drinks. Never was much of a Red Bull guy, but I liked a lot of different ones. And so every day I'd start off my work day after, you know, staying up all night and partying slash drinking and doing whatever. And then I'd roll into work for my afternoon job and I would sit down with a Mountain Dew and a um, whatever the energy drink I was drinking at that time. And after a while, I just got I got sick of buying the damn things every day. It was I wasn't making a lot of money back then, and um, three, four, five, six dollars every single time, maybe twice a day. I was like, I can't. It's like a, it's worse than smoking cigarettes. I can't afford this. And so I said, it's time to cut this out. I'm getting kind of sick of this anyway. And let's just see what I can if I can do this. And so I just cold, almost cold turkey. I really I I uh, replaced my caffeine with basically just more sugar, a lot of juices and, and sugar, uh, which worked because sugar I didn't crave, caffeine I did. And after about a week of being sick as a dog, uh, I snapped out of it. Seven days, one full work week. And then I, I just all of a sudden one day was cool without it. And, uh, and I was, all right, hell yeah, felt good about that. Ever since then, a Mountain Dew, all these disgusting drinks. Oh, my God, make me sick. I'll throw up even thinking about drinking that kind of stuff. And so then over the next couple of years, probably by 2008 or nine, I started drinking uh, sparkling waters. Perrier, uh, LaCroix is the most popular these days because of price and just uh, the availability. What's the one that starts with a P? another one that starts with a P or S? I can't remember. Two or three different frou-frou waters is as uh, some of my bosses used to call them when I'd come in and sit down and drink drink these things. And at first, they are very acquired taste. They are an odd taste. But once you start drinking them more and more, you become dependent on them. And it is the most incredibly perfect example of, an, of a placebo and how well it can work. So LaCroix is what I drink mostly because it is cheapest. Perrier is the best, but it's two to three times the cost of LaCroix. And the biggest thing I'm having is I don't know where to find this damn stuff. I can, I know, I know let me rephrase that. I know exactly where to find it. I just, I have to make these trips to two or three different places in the city to get this water that's nationally very, very popular. It's cheap, it's healthy, and these days when I go into work, when I get up every single day, probably twice a day, but the, especially the first time of day, like when you get a coffee and you drink that, you you drink well, it's a gin and tonic right now, but you go. Oh God, yes, and that's your coffee. That's what my Lacroix is. It hits me like a caffeine blast, like a, a a paddle shock to the chest, like an IV just crammed into my into my uh, my veins. I mean, it is literally. Oh yes, yes. Oh, thank you, thank you, God. And there's nothing to it. It's just carbonation and some flavoring. And but I can go to any any beverage machine. I can go to any crappy gas station. I can go to most of these grocery stores. I mean, a couple of them have them, but most general grocery stores don't have it. I can go anywhere and I can get every sugar loaded soft drink, piece of crap juice. I like Gatorade, but there's twenty five thousand versions of Gatorade. There's vitamin water and smart water and smart water zero and all these just loaded with ingredients garbage but i gotta dig and search and find different kinds of flavors of of fizzy water man why can't i just walk into any store and get this stuff 
It's cheap, and it's nationally on fire. For some reason around here in Chattanooga, it's hard to find. You can get it at Publix. You can get it at Whole Foods. Of course, Whole Foods charges markup of you know 20% at least. I don't suggest you buy it at Whole Foods. But yeah, Publix, some Walmarts, some not near all of them. And where else? Damn near about it. So that is annoying. But anyway, so I started bouncing around online and found this stupid thing. Every now and again, I click on stupid shit on the internet just like everybody else. And it said, what flavor of LaCroix is matched to your Zodiac sign? Isn't that what it is? Zodiac sign or whatever? And first of all, I thought, boy, this is going to be stupid, but I guess I'm going to take a look at it. And then it got me thinking about the crappy Big Bang Theory show. I actually love the show. And from one of the early episodes when the girl, the hot girl who's talking to the two nerds, Leonard and Sheldon, they're meeting her, I think, for the first time and ask her to tell them a little bit about herself. And this is how that went. Um, me? Okay. I'm a Sagittarius, which probably tells you way more than you need to know. Yes, it tells us that you participate in the mass cultural delusion that the sun's apparent position relative to arbitrarily defined constellations at the time of your birth somehow affects your personality. Participate in the what? <laughs> and it's so true. When I heard that joke, it made me think, maybe this Big Bang Theory show isn't so bad after all. Um, me? Okay. I'm a Sagittarius probably tells you way more than you need to know. Yes, it tells us that you participate in the mass cultural delusion that the sun's apparent position relative to arbitrarily defined constellations at the time of your birth somehow affects your personality. Participate in the what? So anyway, this was, what is your favorite LaCroix based on your um, your zodiac sign or whatever? I think I'm saying that right. I'm an Aries. So here is what it says. You are a pioneer with daring... Okay, sometimes impulsive tendencies. You're always ready to try something different. So stand out from the crowd and try out-of-the-box variety like this cola-flavored sparkling water. It's called Nicola from LaCroix, which I had never even heard. So it's a LaCroix sparkling water that tastes like cola. I have to try this stuff. And so I ran down the list. Uh, Aquarius is apricot. Pisces is peach. Taurus is something uh, Muir Pepino. Gemini is melon. Cancer is the pure, no flavor, just carbonated only, which is great for mixing drinks, by the way. Leo, tangerine. Virgo, lemon. Libra, kiwi. Scorpio, cherry lime. Sagar, whatever the hell penny is. Berry. And Capricorn is grapefruit, which is my official favorite LaCroix. So there you go. The most fascinating segment in the history of podcasts. Um, me? Okay, I'm a Sagittarius, which probably tells Sagittarius, you more than you need to know. Yes, it tells us that you participate in the mass cultural delusion that the sun's apparent position relative to arbitrarily defined constellations at the time of your birth somehow affects your personality. Participate in the what? All right, so we'll move along and get to the final segment, the motorist cyclist wars, if you will. I've got a handful of a conversation thread from Facebook that ended up just this thing went for days, man. People lost their minds. They're arguing with each other. They're cussing back and forth. Maybe not cussing as much, but being a little disrespectful at times. And then some people dropping in with some good knowledge. When I posted the, uh, the, the sharing of with more bicycles on roads, cyclists and drivers share responsibility. And that was from the Times Free Press. We'll do that next. As long as there's water, chilly, chilly water, chilly, fizzy water, and make it easier for me to get, please. This is the most listened to, most downloaded, the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. Like, share, and always love. Rate and review if you get a chance. This is the Weekly Dose for August 9th, 2017, and I'll be right back.
Now back to more Stone on Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stoneonair.com. Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my One of the most bizarre songs to come out of this era of music. It's actually really cool, except for this weird part. This, I mean, this is the good part. It's actually got some great lyrics and it's a great beat. Doesn't like Star Wars, neither do I. And then it goes back to this, which is so stupid sounding. Anyway. So I'll talk about bikes on the road and my thoughts on it and then what some other people's thoughts were here in just a minute. But often my brain jumps all over the place and does stupid stuff. And I was sitting around uh, putting together the segments for this show for this week, the Weekly Dose on August 9th, 2017. And when talking about Queen, it got me thinking about an old... Uh, stand-up from David Spade, uh, the old Saturday Night Live character, Joe Dirt, a whole bunch of other stuff. If you're a younger listener, which I hope I have somebody out there, you might not barely know who the guy is. But this was a little bit he had on bands that were gay when he was young. It was hard for him to uh, understand that. And Freddie Mercury, who is now long since passed, uh, was a gay man and one of the first really high-profile homosexual rock and roll stars at least um, for a certain era. This is David Spade from, I don't know, 20 years ago, maybe? I didn't know bands were gay growing up, you know? I didn't know. You have no concept of that as a kid. My mom liked Liberace. I had no idea. I liked Elton John. No idea. Queen. Queen was actually helping you out. They were throwing out some hints, too. They weren't hiding. <laughs> First of all, name's Queen. That's where 90% of the country checked in on that one. Not me. Nice. Cool name. <laughs> Secondly, their songs are about making out with guys. Didn't bother me. They were buttless chaps in concert. I was like, those guys get a lot of pussy. Um, they really don't. So that has absolutely nothing to do with anything. I just I wanted to play it. So this uh, article on Sunday, the that would have been the 6th, I believe, from the Chattanooga Times Free Press, Emmett Genap. Genap? Genap? I don't know. Anyway, trying to give attribution here, but I don't know how to say the dude's name. Anyway, Times Free Press. Love you, Times Free Press. Glance at you every day. So here's the headline. With more bicycles on roads, cyclists and drivers share responsibility. And what got me looking at it was I noticed the girl. It's in the picture with the dude who got his leg all jacked up on Dayton Boulevard. I was like, hey, I know her. That's Sarah Jane. And uh, that's her fiance, which I didn't know she was getting married, which is unfortunate. But that's another story. Anyway. All right. So I moved along. And this is uh, the, the, the sub headline quote. At the end of the day, it could have been anybody. Anybody who throws a leg over the bike and goes out of the driveway is one distracted driver away from the hospital. Adam Bunger is the name of the guy who was taken out on Dayton Boulevard back on June 28th. This is a very long front page story on the Chattanooga Times Free Press, so I'm going to read like three lines and then be done with it. Since 2014, Chattanooga has seen 27, 32, and 30 crashes involving cyclists and cars each succeeding year. But there have been 27 to date in 2017, 
and there are still five more months left in the year. In the 116 crashes since the start of 2014, 91 people have been injured, two fatally. It's a lot of numbers. I mean, that's a lot of number, 116 crashes in three years. Jump down here. It says, drivers increasingly are to blame for crashes involving cyclists in Chattanooga, says Rob Simmons, spokesman for the Chattanooga Police Department and former head of the Safe Bicycling Initiative. Simmons said everyone in Chattanooga, whether they sit behind a steering wheel or handlebars, should remind themselves of the rules of the road and follow them religiously. And if you want to read that whole piece, it's very long. Go check it out, timesfreepress.com. And I agree with him. He didn't say anything there that can't agree with, right? Problem is, is most people don't know what the rules of the road are, and especially when it comes to bicycles. And I'll just admit out loud, I'm that guy. I'm the trendy guy who it was, speaking of 2014, it was about three years ago, had a stupid 13 the way it ended, and I wanted to do something different in 14. So I was trying to take up a new hobby. And I knew some friends that, uh, that rode bikes. I was working a lot, had plenty of money. said, screw it, I'm going to go buy a bike. And I got on the thing, rode around downtown a few times, thought, this is pretty fun. I had no idea what any of the laws were. I had no idea what any of the rules were. And it wasn't because I'm dumb. It's just because I was, was ignorant. I just didn't know. I didn't know how you flowed with traffic. I rode around on the sidewalks. I mean, when you're a kid, you're taught, go ride your bike, just don't do it in the damn road, right? I mean, that's what you're told. You're screamed at from your mom and your dad or whoever, certainly your mom. Okay, y'all have fun on your bikes. Just don't ride around in the middle of the road. Well, then you become an adult, and now it's go ride your bike, but don't ride on the sidewalks and ride in the middle of the road. It's hard for me to understand that. And so I would go downtown and ride over to the market and ride around on town, and I'm not stopping at any stoplights. I'm not stopping. I'm not doing any hand signals. I don't have a helmet, which apparently it's not required to have a helmet, which it should be. This was before all the bike lanes downtown, but it was I, there was a handful of times I went down and had a, some drinks and then rode around, didn't realize that was a problem. Thought, oh, hell, I'm not in my car. I guess it's good. I, from what I understand, drinking and riding a bike is bad as driving a car. I guess it, it, it should be. I'd have to research that. I'm not 100% sure on that one, but I didn't know. And I wrecked the damn thing once after Riverbend, speaking after Riverbend and a couple of drinks and after the widespread panic show at Riverbend in 2014, I, I wrecked the hell out of that damn thing. I could have hurt myself badly. I didn't have any kind of protective anything. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are just like that. And so there was a big argument back and forth on the posting, the sharing of this Times Free Press piece that I put on my Facebook page that people were arguing back and forth about, oh yeah, well, I'll tell you this, or oh yeah, I'll tell you that. And it was like, well, they're to blame and you're to blame. And these crappy cyclists can't be, uh, they're not real cyclists. And it was, it was sometimes okay. And sometimes really stupid. And I'll get to that in a minute. But first from TN.gov, Tennessee bicycle laws, Tennessee traffic laws require bicyclists to ride on the right-hand side of the road with the same direction as traffic, Obey all traffic signs and signals. Use hand signals to communicate intended movements. And this is a big one right here that I don't see much at all. Of course, I need to look harder now. I don't, uh, granted, I don't look close at a lot of these. Equip their bicycles with a front white light visible from 500 feet and either a red reflector or a lamp emitting a red light, which shall be visible from a distance of at least 500 feet to the rear. My biggest question when I see that final requirement, law requirement of Tennessee bicyclists is 
the, the bike share program that has been a ton of city money putting this program together. I don't think those bicycles have lights on the front and back of them. If you're going to have a bike share program, you better make sure the bikes that you offer people to rent and share and spend money on that city is spending a ton of public money on. You better make sure they're compliant. I need to follow up on that. I'm not going to go any further than that because I'm not sure. I don't think they have those lights and reflectors on them like they're supposed to. I'm going to find out by next week and I'll let you know. So I'll digress away from that specific point as far as the bike share program. But this is like, how many pages is this? This is eight pages of sub this, A, B, B to that, subsection that, penalty, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it'll take you the rest of your life. To, to try to understand all this. If you want to read it, I encourage you to go to Tennessee.gov, TN.gov, and look it up. It took me two seconds to, to find it. So I posted this to my Facebook page. Uh, what day was it? August 6th. And I'm just going to read a couple of the um, of the responses. And this was just the posting of the, the front page story from the Times Free Press about bicyclists share the same rules and responsibilities as motorists. Dave Weinthal from the Enigma magazine says, cyclists insist on being part of the roadway, then they need to start registering their bikes the way cars are registered and regulated, especially when tax dollars are spent to include them on the roadway. Greg P. Martin, who was all over this thing, he wouldn't shut up. I have all rights by law to take a whole lane, but I try to always ride the white line. I guess that means the bike line. Brian Stone, why don't you set your beer down and get on a bicycle? You always look like you have been run hard and put up wet. You look real unhealthy, and I don't want my taxes going towards keeping you alive. <laughs> I just had to put that one out there because I thought it sounded so stupid. And then my next post was, not sure what my health or appearance has to do with this. Uh, Nathan Gale, my former producer and videographer, says, Most of downtown Chattanooga, Chattanooga bikers do not follow the rules of the road. No helmet, riding the wrong way, running red lights, bouncing on and off the road, and not using hand signals, just to name a few. I was an advocate for this, bikes on the road, in the 1990s. Had I known it would turn into a clusterfuck, I never would have fought for it. Gary comes back and those are not cyclists. They are millennials who ride a bike. Big difference. Actually, Gary, there's not that big a difference. And Officer Craig Droll will tell you why here in just a minute. Robert T. Nash posts on this thread, keep your head on a swivel and follow the law. My good buddy Sean Patterson says, if they have the same right, then they need to follow the same laws. No running stoplights. Or signs, no going around stop cars, use signals, be required to have insurance, pay road tax, register their bike, etc. And then Craig Joel, officer of the law here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, a guy who tends to love me sometimes and hate me others, and maybe I'm the same way towards him, but overall very intelligent and one of the better cops this city's ever seen, put on a post here that says, sadly, you don't get to pick and choose who is or who is not a cyclist. If they're on a bicycle, very much riding the wrong way, running red lights and stop signs, bouncing on, on and off the road and not using hand signals, they're still cyclists. Rude cops are still cops. No talent, narcissistic radio folks with nasal sounding voices and intolerance are still Brian Joyce. And perverted firemen are still firemen. You don't get to pick and choose. Regarding who goes to jail in a car versus bicycle accident, Everyone here seems to think the bicyclist is somehow immune to being at fault. 
And then it goes on to a anecdotal situation of him being out on the beat and uh, a bicycle crash and with a motorist that he had to deal with, which I won't get into. And then the final one here is from a buddy of mine from a long time ago. I've known him forever, Christian North. He has worked for the Lookouts for a long time. He worked for Frank Burke in the uh, the UTC Mox in Finley Stadium for a while, and now is a regular in the Ironman competitions. He put a long one here. I'm only going to read portions of it. it. says, one, this topic seems to bring out the worst in people. You have decent human beings stating that if they run over a bicyclist, it's no big deal. And that was because it was getting it was getting dumb. Like, oh yeah, well I'll just run you over. It was it was it was getting juvenile during that thread. Uh, another point: I disagree with the idea of cyclists needing to register and ensure to utilize the road. Many of them have cars and pay those taxes already. Also, where would they register? Department of Motor Vehicles. We don't ask runners to register their shoes to run on the road, and on and on from there. He's got a point, but I still I disagree overall. I still think that you should be able you should have to register your bike if you're going to ride it on the road. It should have a tag on it. We should be able to you know hey let's make some money capitalistic America let's make four more dollars man come on another point cyclists if they want to utilize the road should follow the rules of the road and so what are the solutions here are some things to think about adding in education on driver's license testing with cyclists would be beneficial I think that cyclists should be ticketed when they break the law. And ultimately, if cyclists are following the rules of the road and drivers are doing the same, this becomes less of an issue. I'll let most of those thoughts just kind of hang out there and you can chew on them how you want. I only thing I will say, if I'm in a car driving around the road and I drive up on the curb and drive over onto the sidewalk to get around you, I'm getting ticketed and going to jail every time or at least getting a, you know, a citation arrested every single time. You know, if I'm running red lights, I'm getting arrested every single time or pulled over and cited. I mean, all these things that these bite a lot of bicyclists out there are doing that they never, ever get cited for. Motorists would get cited for every single time. So that kind of builds up animosity that didn't need to be there if we had a better regulation on these so-called laws and rules and regulations. What's the point of having laws and rules and regulations if you don't enforce them at all? It's just like the texting and driving thing. Oh, it's illegal to text and drive. Oh, yeah. You ever talk to anybody who's been pulled over for it, arrested for it? Of course you haven't because it's not regulated or enforced. So people are just driving around, endangering everybody. This has nothing to do with bicyclists. This has everything to do with every other person just walking around alive in day in, day out. And assholes are driving around texting all day long. Why? Because there's not a major penalty if you do it. So why try to hide it? So that's part of the thing. But here's here's a let me give, give you a real world example, and then I'll wrap this thing up. The Stone on Air podcast, the weekly dose for August 9th, 2017. I've been in this relationship here recently with, uh, a, if you heard me mention over the last few weeks, a friend that's a girl, or last couple months, really. I say a friend that's a girl. Why? Because she's not my girlfriend. But she is a friend that's a girl who I hang out with more than almost anybody else. And recently there was kind of an issue that built up to a uh, kind of a, not a boiling point, but to a frustration point because of a lack of communication, understanding what the situation was. All right. So we finally sit down and discuss it and everything, at least for now, seems to be okay. Well, the problem was, is that neither of us understood which, which each other's thoughts were and our motivations were, and we didn't understand where we were, where, where this was going. And that built up frustration. And I'll apply that to the highways and byways of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Motorists are driving around doing their thing. Bicyclists are driving, riding around doing their thing. But at the end of the day, nobody really understands what each other's trying to do. 
the bicyclist is mad at the motorist because he feels like they don't respect them just out of right off the bat. And the motorist thinks the bicyclist is just screwing up their day and slowing them down. The motorist sees a few bicyclists break laws, then starts to think that everybody's doing that. Because once again, there's there's no meeting of the minds here. Nobody truly understands what the laws are. Nobody truly understands how to enforce these laws. And so then it just turns into a, oh yeah, F you, bicycle guy. And then it turns into a, oh yeah, well you can go blank yourself, four-wheel car guy. And then it turns borderline generational. And then what do you do with it? I have no idea. But I think that having a biking culture in your community is a good thing. And I hope that we continue to do it. But part of the reason that some of these accidents are going up is because we've been encouraging this lifestyle. Also with city money encouraging this lifestyle. And when you put more of these people out on the road riding bikes when they hadn't been before, of course, the incidents are going to go up. It's the law of averages. I don't know that it's because drivers are driving worse or that bicyclists are biking worse. I just think that there's an overall ignorance to the issue that is frustrating people. And when you don't communicate, and you don't know what the rules are, and you don't know what she wants, and she doesn't know what you want, and you don't know what the bike wants, and the bike hates the car anyway already because the, bi- the car is being a dick on the road, you run into problems. That's it. That's all I got. I'm done. Look for the new website before the end of the year. Sign up for the newsletter for all the latest on anything going on with the Stone On Air podcast and the new website and the new webcasts that are going to be put together in the near future as well. We'll see you hopefully recording live to tape at the Brewfest down on Ross's Landing. And check out a lot of the changes that are coming to the Brewfest this year as well. That's it. I got to go. Respect the bicyclist. Respect the rules of the road if you are a bike. Don't be a fraud. The truth is easy to remember. And watch this space. I'm out. See you. Bye.